Ante Up is your poker magazine dedicated to the everyday player and their poker rooms. Pick up a free copy at your favorite poker room nationwide each month. But Ante Up is much more than a magazine. Visit AnteUpMagazine.com daily for breaking news and each week download our award-winning poker cast. Join us on our action-packed poker cruises to exotic destinations. Ante Up, it's your poker magazine. From the Anti-Up headquarters in Tampa Bay, Florida, it's the Anti-Up PokerCast. And now, here are two guys who think they know how to play poker, Chris Casenza and Scott Long. It's March 3rd, 2017. You're listening to the finest poker cast money can buy. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. <laughs> what is that all about? Well, you said finest, so I thought we had to, we had to speak Victorian now. <laughs> That was Victorian? <laughs> that sounded Irish to me. I don't know what that was. Oh, I, this is Irish. <laughs> what? Wait, do that again. Yeah, bloody pint. <laughs> okay, now do Victorian. Uh, no, I can't do it back. I can't go back. <laughs> you can't go back. Oh, man, that has got to be the worst accent attempt ever. Uh, it wasn't an attempt. It was successfully completed. <laughs> you just didn't like it. <laughs> Oh man, you should try that at the tables when you're playing poker. You know, just just play that persona for the entire day. If somebody doesn't know who you are, just try to go through the whole day being an Irish guy. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, we actually, obviously, you know, in case haven't, folks haven't heard, I'm running for city commission. Um, <laughs> Somehow you always get that in there every <laughs> week now. Oh, well, I got 12 days left, so then they, they don't have to worry about it anymore. Oh man. Um, uh, but uh, we have this downtown business owner um, that is a psychic. But she also uh, does characters from our city's history. You know, our city is celebrating its centennial this year, so uh, it's really kind of cool when she shows up to certain meetings in character from someone. And era's bygone. Uh, it stays in it in the middle of the meeting. So. <laughs> well, you know, they it got those actors. Fun to have a group of us show up at a poker tournament all playing characters and not getting out of the character. Actors do that all the time. They stay in character throughout the... You know, method acting or whatever. Method acting, yes. Yeah. So. There is a method to their madness. Well, one of the things I like uh, most about about our show and our magazine is how so many people contribute to our show and, and to the, the magazine and things like that. And it, I like to be able to, you know, sort of mingle with them when I have the chance and, and talk with them. And a lot of them are writers, too, so I get to talk to them every month a couple of times a month and stuff like that. But uh, a couple of times a year at least, I try to play Papes. And for those of you who maybe don't know what that is, because we get new listeners all the time, we used to have a, a poker series when it was online and we, it was regulated and we could play for money and stuff uh, without any trouble uh, called the Anti-Up Intercontinental Poker Series. And it was a running joke. But when that went away and we couldn't play anymore for money without there being problems, uh, our good friend John who is our Minnesota ambassador. We call him Poker Geek Online because that was his handle. Uh, he kept the series going with Mark uh, Gambit, our friend down here we play home games with and stuff. And they call it Papes, so it's you know, play for play money. And a couple of times a year I try to get in and play when I can, but it had been a while um, since I had been able to play or remembered to play or whatever it was. Uh, it's so long that I didn't. I, I had gotten a new iPad that didn't even have the software on it. Um, and then I didn't have the software on my desktop. That's how long it had been. So the other night, I'm waiting for the uh, the Oscars to start, you know. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't care about the Oscars this year. <gasps> <laughs> I said, I'm not in any pool like Scott is. I don't watch all these movies like Scott does. Matter of fact, I, I don't remember any movie. I don't think I saw any of the movies that were up for... Best Picture. Oh, such a shame. Such the, and the only movies I saw 
the whole year, I think, were like Rogue One, Star Wars. Oh, gosh. And like maybe one other thing that I can't even remember. It wasn't even good enough to See, be. you don't even have kids. So, you know, my, my friends that have like little five year olds and six year olds, I get it. All right. It's tough to get a babysitter and go out and see Hell or High Water, right? Mm-hmm. So, the only movies they've seen all year are the Lego Batman movie or some kind of Ninja Turtles, Fast and Furious 7 or whatever. But you have no excuse. <laughs> I have all the excuses in the world. Appreciation for the arts, but anyhow, go back. Well, to I do story. have the appreciation for the arts. I don't have the appreciation for the guy in front of me using his Twitter on his phone, glaring me in the face, and the guy behind me derates till the quiet moments in the movie to reach into his big bag of potato chips, and the guy to the right of me hey, who's I've coming down with some sort of influenza, refill, and he's so hacking on me. I don't want some phlegm being hurled at me from my right, and then another guy on the left with a nervous tick slapping his hand in front of my eye every five minutes so I'm trying to watch TV uh, the movie I mean so it, it gets very difficult to enjoy a movie in the public setting so you haven't been now since they had the big recliner chairs yeah no if, if awesome. the reclining chairs doesn't blot out the noise that's behind me you can or, bring noise kids playing headphones and then I can't hear the movie well you know hey so what I like Your to problem, do not my problem I like to wait till the movie comes out on Blu-ray and then I'll you know you Watch it on so TV. So much of it on the tiny screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. I, it's a minor point to sacrifice for the pleasure of watching it in the comfort of my own home. But since I hadn't seen really any of these movies, <laughs> the only thing I was pulling for was I wanted Emma Stone to win because my wife likes Emma Stone. I like Emma Stone. I thought I let her win she, something. She was terrible at all of that, See, and you would have known that if you saw all of them. Well, and she won for the award. What does that tell you then? What What is the good of these awards what, if you know that she's terrible? People that vote for the Oscars are all actors in Hollywood, right? Like uh, Hollywood movies, exactly. So. so it's a stupid, stupid show and a stupid thing to get all excited about. Oh, you love me, you know, or Sally Field, you really like me. I mean, who cares? Who cares? Why does this mean anything? So I thought, what's more important? Reaching out to my fellow Anti-Up Nation and hanging out for a nice night of cards or watching, you know, them give the Best Picture Award to the wrong people. Hmm. See, you missed that moment. That was worth watching. No, I watched it. See, I hear, we'll get to that now. Ah, okay. So I said, I said, well, what, what can I do today? And then I looked on, on my calendar... And it said it was the 26th. And I thought, six, six, wait a minute. What does that mean to me? Something. And I said, wait, Papes is tonight. So then I went searching into my home game emails and I found it. And it's like, wow, it's a six max tournament. No limit hold'em. I'm going to go play. So I was very excited about this because it had been a while since I had played in Papes. But, you know... I also miss playing online occasionally, and so I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So um, I said, first, I need the software. So I go on my iPad, and I go to the App Store, and I find the software, and I click on it, and I download it rather quickly. Uh, type in my old – it was uh, for a minute there, I forgot what my handle was. It had been a while since I played on it, but I put it in. Uh, AUN2112 uh, stands for Anti-Up Nation, and then the 2112 is a rush thing. Right, so I'm like, I remembered it. Remember my password? Log in. I'm like, hey, I'm in. So I start looking for the home game tab. It's just that easy. No, can't find the home game tabs anywhere. I'm like, where is this? So I'm looking everywhere and I can't find it. So I'm like, oh no. Now I remember, I I remember this at like eight ten. All right, because the the awards are going to start at eight thirty ish, and then you know I knew that uh, Pape started at like eight thirty or so. So I'm like, oh man. So I'm looking, looking. I can't find it anywhere. And I, I mean, the, the way the software is set up, it's kind of got that. Remember that? Um, I don't know when iTunes first came out with it, where you could shuffle through the albums by moving your left to right, and they would come up on the screen. It's kind of got that platform now, where you can swipe through Zoom and Ring games and tournaments and sit and goes, and but nowhere was home games anywhere on it. So then I go into the lobby and I can't find it anywhere. So it's nowhere to be found on my iPad. Now I'm freaking out. It's like 8.20. So I'm like, what do I do? So I text uh, Poker Geek, John, and I said, hey, man, I really want to play Papes with you guys tonight, but I can't find it. Can you give me the tournament ID number? He's like, hang on. I I need to get it. So I said, okay. So I'm waiting. Now it's like 8.21 or something, and I'm freaking out. So 
he sends me the number, and he says, but I think you ha- you can't play it on your iPad until you register for it on the desktop. You have to go to the desktop version. I'm like, what? I don't have it. Yeah, uh, so I'm like, all right, fine. So I, I go to my desktop. I wake the computer up from sleep. I scramble to pokerstars.net or something and get the software, and, and it's taken forever to download. It's like a 40-megabyte thing. It's nothing big. It should be almost instantaneous, but it's taking forever. Meanwhile, the clock is ticking, clock is ticking. And I know they have a second chance one, too. So I'm like, all right, well, I'll, if I can't make the first one, I'll at least try to make the second chance one. Something happens. But there's also five-minute late registration. So I'm like, all right, so I got till 8.35. So it finally downloads. Now it's like 8.25. I go in there, I, I, I'm looking around, I can't find the home tabs. I'm texting, we're going back and forth. Finally, John calls me. Um, no, first I say, I say, John, I can't find the home tabs. He goes, it, it tells me where it is, but I'm looking, and I still can't find it. And the last minute, I see at the bottom right-hand corner, when I open up, expand it completely, there's a little tab that says home games. I click on that, and then the two things come up, because I'm part of the home team, the home game, uh, 50 people or whatever it is. So I click on it, hit register, and it says, you don't have enough chips. I'm like, I don't have enough chips. I mean, how many chips does it take to play in this thing? I'm so it's like you, the minimum amount you can like start a tournament for is like twenty thousand chips. It's like seventeen plus three or something, which I find hilarious. The yeah. plus three, you know, it's like it's free poker, but they take a rake. It's hilarious to me. So I'm like, okay, well, how many do I have? Well, I can't find anywhere how many chips I have. There's no like click on your account and here's your chips. It doesn't have that. You click on your account and it just says your email, your address and your name and when you registered or whatever. But it doesn't have your chips. So I'm like freaking out again. I'm like, well, I don't have enough chips. So I text him. I said, I can't register. I don't have enough chips. He goes, how many do you have? I'm like, I don't know. So now my phone rings and it's him. And so he calls me and I'm like, hey man, I really want to play. And it's like 825. He's like, all right, I set up a I set up a home game for just me and you, a cash game. Just sit down with me, and I'll oh lose God. a bunch of I'll lose a bunch of chips to you, so you can play. Dumping fake chips into <laughs> a non-paid tournament. Is that where the story's going? So I'm like, all right, this is great, John. So I go to sit down. I can't sit down. It says I have zero chips when I go to sit down with him. I'm like, I have zero chips. I can't sit down with you. He's like, so then I go into like deep into the the like platform to find it says you can transfer chips play money chips to someone all you have to do is drag the cursor over the person while they're playing and i'm like wait you can't because he tried to find me on the list and do it you can't do it i have to actually be seated somewhere for him but if i have no chips i can't be seated so now it's like eight twenty nine, and it's too late so what i figure out is you know you go to the first menu and it says add chips but when you add chips it's only like 12,000 they give you or something. They don't give you enough to buy this enter this tournament. So I said I'm going to I'm going to in the before the 5 minutes is up I'm going to go into a cash game, a Zoom real quick and just go all in or something and try to double through cuz there's always somebody willing to call you all in and play money. So I like the second hand I get like queen queen. I shove, I get called by like jack 10. <laughs> Jack on the flop, ten on the river. I lose all the chips. I've got two thousand left. I'm like, all right. Let me. So of course I go bust, and he can't. Get, so now it's like, all right. I gotta try to find a way to get enough chips for the, the what do you call it? The the second chance. So I, I look at that first menu. Now it says I can't get more chips for three more hours. Now in the old days you can get a thousand. And just keep going back and for a thousand more. I think you get at least three chances at a thousand or something. Now they've got it so you get your initial twelve thousand chips, and if you lose those, you can't play for three hours. I'm like, all right. So on the right hand side, it said watch a video for chips. I'm like, okay, I'll watch a video. You know, how long could it be? It's probably a minute or so. Sure enough, it's a minute. I get five thousand, and it says watch a video for chips again. I'm like, all right. So I click that. So now it's like. Like eight forty now, and the the Oscars are starting. I missed the opening monologue, and um, I've got five thousand. I watched another video. I got ten thousand. I'm like, all right, I have ten thousand chips. I'm gonna be really tight because that second chance is probably not for an hour. I'm gonna be really tight. And I'm gonna get twenty thousand chips. Like the second hand or third hand, I get pocket aces. Okay, so I raise, and I don't go all in. I just raise. I'm gonna try to play normal poker. Guy re raises me. I re-raise him. 
He goes all in. I call. He has ace four offsuit. <laughs> he comes two, three, king, five. <laughs> And then like nine or something, and I lose all my chips to a wheel with pocket aces, oh, and now I can't get the money back. You can't get the video chips for like seven hours or some ridiculous number, and I literally have no chips. I did everything I could to try to play papes and to hang out with the guys, and it had like nine players in the tournament, and it was a six max. So I thought they're gonna have four at one table, five at another. You know, but if I played, maybe it would at least been five and five, and then you know, what I mean, I tried to get in. I think there was like nine or ten guys, so I I couldn't even play the second chance. And I thought it's play money, guys. You know, I love poker stars. You love poker stars. We all love poker stars. It's play money. Who cares? Just, well, how, why do I need to be? The, are they trying to help me with my own gambling addiction for play money? That I have to wait three hours to get enough play chips to play with my friends who are playing in this, and that's the smallest tournament he can make with that too. He told me so you yeah, can't make a tournament. He uh, had to um, complain about that, or not complain about that, but at least acknowledge it uh, when he set up the season on uh, <coughs> PokerRadius.com. Yeah, that, uh, that they changed that, and that's what he had to do. So, oh, I was, I was, I was like not miserable because at least I made the effort, and they knew I was making the effort, and I was really trying to get in there, but I really didn't care about the Oscars. So that's how I ended up watching the Oscars because I couldn't play with these guys, and it made it very difficult. Like, the software didn't make it easy for me to go in there, like, on Papes. You know, I couldn't even find my home game. can't find the home games on, on your iPad. What's the point of having it? You know, if I can't play on my phone on my iPad, you know, I couldn't get in unless I, re- I have to be yeah, at my desktop yeah, to register. You snappers that have given up on your laptops. Uh, you know, I have no, uh, I don't have no compassion for you. I mean, my wife has a laptop, but I wasn't going to commandeer her laptop to play Papes. You know, hey, honey, sorry you can't do cruise work for us tonight. I got to... I gotta play papes, so I had to do the desktop. Or if I'm on the road, you know, my iPad's plenty for what I do. But oh, I was very frustrated. So I was hoping to be able to play and take a papes title down and talk about it today. Instead, I just ranted for 12 minutes about <laughs> about not being able to play. So I'm gonna try to play the next one because I went back um, the next day and played a bunch of play chips and got a bunch. So I'm up to like. Fifty, sixty thousand, and then John said he'll give me a couple extra chips. We'll play together or something, just so I can play the rest of the season if I can remember. Um, in a few days is another one, so if I'm around, I'll play. But see, that's the thing. The other two is that usually these six fall on days when I'm out of the house at night and I can't play. So when I'm free and they're available, I'm going to play. I'm going to try to play. So remember, well, Papes, I've never on the felt six. better about not playing in Papes <laughs> in my life. So uh, John, if you're out there listening, and I know you are on twenty-seven X speed. Uh, just just understand that it wasn't me that bothered you so much that night. No, he loved because it. Instead, I was winning the Oscar pool as I always did, uh, and uh, you know, having terrific uh, food from my friends I brought over and great conversation, and watching a celebration of our cinematic arts. Hey, let me ask you: Did that thing at the end? Like, like, have you almost lose it, or have somebody almost win it, and or how did oh, that? No, I was, I was way ahead. You're way ahead. I had La La Land, even though I didn't think it was deserved it, I thought I was going to win. So, even without the five points, once I had to take that La La Land uh, off, once Moonlight got it, I still crushed everyone. Wow. Because here's the thing, uh, I don't know if I've ever told my people that come to my party this, because none of them listen to the show, but uh, I make all my picks based off of uh, online betting sites. Oh, so when they do odds, you just go with them. Yeah, because, you know, again, this is what I tell people all the time. You could have all these polls and all this stuff. Remember, we just came off these elections with polls that weren't really in line with anything, right? Mm-hmm. When you Anybody could call you up for anything. Let's say, uh, what, what's your favorite fast food hamburger, Chris, right? Right. And you, you'll say anything, right? Right. You, you might be honest and say uh, Wendy's, if that's what you believe. Or maybe because you don't like Wendy's, for some reason they only gave you one ketchup packet last time, so you're holding this grudge against them. Right. Even though it's the best hamburger you think, you'll say mm, Burger King, right? right. And it doesn't matter because it doesn't cost you anything, right? Right. So that's part of my problem with polling. But when you actually have to put money onto a site, and for those of you that are lucky enough to live in a place where you can do this, um, and pick your winner or the winner that you think is going to win, uh, now you're not going to worry about that grudge with that ketchup packet, right? You're going to remember that, hey, Wendy's is going to win. And so you're going you're gonna to pick the one that you actually think is going to win. So it, it's far more reliable indicator 
uh, success, and I've used that every year for the last couple of years, and uh, have never lost an Oscar pool because of it. So your friends don't know about this method. No. So we sh- we should tell them and, and ruin your fun. I think I might have told Laura at once, and she keeps forgetting every year. By the time. <laughs> And they're always amazed, like, wow, how are you doing so well? And I'm like, hey, I want to see all the movies. So, you know, and really, it had nothing to do with that. <laughs> well, the big thing I learned from this experience with Paves is when I did play the play ring games or Zoom or whatever, is that you, you it's just, to beat those games, I tell you, sometimes it's so simple. But there are times where it's harder than playing regular poker because they are just clueless or they don't care because it's free money. You know, you're, you're trying to put together a rational story for what hand they might have, and then it's like, <laughs> yeah, right. what? You know, and it's sometimes it's difficult to not go bust in those rooms. And there's other times where you'll turn ten thousand into like a million in one night, and you're like, how did I just do that? Why can't I do that for real? Well, it's because these guys are, you know, they don't care. You know, they have no clue how to play, or they don't care, and. It's frustrating, especially when I was like, I'm gonna have enough to play and waste those seconds, and then boom, ace, ace versus ace four. I'm like, I'm good. Nope, two, three, king, five. Thank you very much. Good night. So, yeah, it's it's tough to play with that plain money, which is another reason why we we stopped doing the bar league thing. Not that there's anything wrong with it, and some of the bar leagues are actually really competitive and good, but it's just it's just it's very difficult to to navigate a field. Well, that's why if I was ever going to play a free poker again, it would be Papes because I know the the folks that show up for that are showing up to actually play their best. Yes, exactly. Um, which is probably unheard of in any other free application out there for the most part. Yeah. Well, not all. There's some that would say it to the serious part of their poker leagues, and they're playing for big prizes at that point that it gets serious. But you have to, you'd have to wade through so much garbage to get to that point that it's not worth it. Right. Or not worth it for me. So. Right. So anyway, papes, papes are uh, part of the home games every uh, every date that ends in a six. So enjoy. And remember to get your iPad out about on the five. So <laughs> on your calendar, say on the five, <laughs> papes will be happening twenty four hours from now, and I need to get my iPad out. I got to download the software. I got to figure out how to use the software, and then I have to go chip dump in a bunch of uh, things <laughs> and. That way you're prepared by the time it starts. So that's the takeaway from that, uh, gosh, 22-minute story. And you were worried about this show being short. (laughs) I should have been worried about it being interesting. Silly co-host. Hey, I'm making an effort to be with the NDF Nation. You're running for Safety Harbor City Commission. Who cares? (laughs) All right, well, speaking of winners... (laughs) <laughs> uh, the third American Poker Awards ceremony was held last week in Beverly Hills, California, and among the winners were Jason Mercier for our moment of the year for his incredible World Series run, ARIA Poker Director Sean McCormick for Industry Person of the Year, and Poker TV King Maury Escadani was honored with the Lifetime Achievement Award. Full list of winners can be found at AmericanPokerAwards.com. I've got nothing to say. Yeah, I think what was interesting about this is I read an article, um, I forget what side it was on, I didn't put in the show notes, but uh, I think the headline was, a uh, few surprises in American Poker Awards. So, uh, little did they know, because this happened the day before the Oscars, I believe, that they could have um, uh, read the wrong name and got a little bit more interesting after everything was exactly <laughs> what people thought, and that would have been a good way of getting the buzz, and... But they didn't, so yeah, it didn't end up being um, not a lot of surprises. Um, I, I didn't see anything that really jumped out at me. Um, you know, I'm happy for Sean McCormick. He's a great old great guy. He already does good stuff there. And uh, Matt Savage got an award. I'm a big fan of his. And, uh, and obviously, we got to appreciate everything that Maury's done for TV. Um, you know, almost all the, the interesting poker TV shows that we used to have are because of him. So. Um, and a couple of other things that I recognize too, but you know a lot of po- folks that I'm only mildly um, knowledgeable of. So you know, wasn't wasn't like I had a big rooting interest in, and certainly there weren't any upsets. So uh, again, I'm glad that they had the awards, and let's hope they continue to grow. And they they made a big change this year, a big step forward in changing the categories a little bit and being more inclusive. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day. Hmm. <laughs> Someday we'll win one. Well, even if we won it, I don't know how exciting that would have been. It would have changed the overall excitement. But, uh, 
Oh, yeah. It's, it changes the excitement. It's like when you're in a poker game and, and you're winning, all of a sudden everything is funny and everything tastes great and all the stories are interesting. And yeah, when you're losing, you're like, this is terrible. I don't want to be here. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> well, we, we never ever expected to win any of these, so that's why it's our. our eh, it yeah, I know. Someday. Someday. All right, the next Poker TDA Summit, where poker directors from around the world meet to discuss rule changes, will be June 30th to July 1st in Las Vegas. The organization is asking players to take a short survey to indicate what rules they'd like to see addressed, and you can find a link to that survey at PokerTDA.com. And for those of you new to this, the Poker TDA, TDA stands for Tournament Directors Association. So these are all the people that uh, come up with the uh, poker rules that hopefully all rooms use so we have some consistency does not address cash games only at tournaments but uh, but it's a fun uh, fun event I've gone the last couple years or last couple events I do it every other year um, it's always interesting to um, to hear the discussions and um, you know I met a couple of our listeners there too because you don't have to be you know a paid tournament director to attend um, you know if you're running poker leagues and want to be better at it and use poker TDA rules, you're more than welcome to to attend. Uh, it doesn't cost anything. Uh, and be part of the discussion. All right. It's time for anti-updates. PokerRadius.com is a great poker networking site that is home to the anti-up group discussions. Basic memberships are free and you get access to the anti-up group discussions. Upgraded memberships get you access to discounts on poker products and automatic entries to contests. Uh, also, listeners have been flooding us with Hands of the Week, which is awesome. Uh, but we still need uh, listener spotlights and call to floor submissions, so email us at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or post in the Antiup group discussions at pokerradius.com. Each week we spotlight a listener who emails us, and if they haven't won something from us in the past year, just like we do with Call to Floor and Hand of the Week, we send them something cool. This week's prize is a 30-minute telephone lesson and workbook from Thomas Gallagher Casino Seminars, specializing in poker odds and math at poker911.net. comes from Dan Banks. He says, In the casino in Shelbyville, Indiana, they have a machines-only racino with poker pro electronic tables. They used to always be full, but now they barely have one table running. I asked why and was told, quote, A lot of them don't like that new tax thing. I checked into it and learned the Poker Pro tables had been deemed machine games and were now subject to the same W2G reporting as the slot machines. The rule was if a player won a pot that was $1,400 or more, then the game stopped and the tax papers were prepared. You could win a million dollars or thirteen ninety-nine or less at a time, and there was no reporting. So he means, he means you could win a million over the night. You added a word in there. I'm confused. I you would have just read it the way it was. It would have made sense. What did I? What did I forget? You said one million dollars or thirteen ninety nine less time. What he oh. says is you could win a million dollars as long as you do it thirteen ninety nine or less at a time. Oh, so I need a, a comma there. there or no something. <laughs> no, you just need to read it. You just need to read it. You don't need to be adding words. Stay on the teleprompter. I can't you. read. I can't read. So in other words, if you win thirteen ninety nine or less at a time, there's no reporting. Uh, you could be down one million dollars and finally win a fourteen hundred dollar plus pot, and you would owe taxes. That is the structure. Most of the games were one two, so it didn't really matter. Bigger games didn't run that often, but this change pretty much eliminated them. I thought about how this would play out in an actual pot and realized unique situations would occur as the pot approached the reporting threshold. A bet that crosses the fourteen hundred dollar mark would reduce the effective pot and would do so differently for different players. Assuming a 25% tax bracket and a $1,399 pot, uh, a $1 bet drops the value $349. Think of the situations that can occur as the pot approaches the tax threshold. One, if I bluff $2 and the guy folds, I win $1,399, but if he calls, they are going to charge him $350 for the call, 25% tax bracket. This is a free will of sorts for me, as I am bluffing without a hand, so can't win the pot after it crosses the WT2G uh, line anyway. I can leverage $2 into $350 due to the brilliant policies of the tax collector. Two, think of the angles for different people due to tax brackets. The top, top tax bracket this year is 39.6%, so the hit at the $1,400 point is $554. 
So if I am, say, a hobo living in a box in Shelbyville, Indiana, and I don't pay taxes, but do have a bankroll sufficient to play a 2-5 Nolan Hold'em game, I've got some leverage at this point. The pot doesn't go down at all when I hit the WT, uh, 2G trigger, but it drops 39.6% for the poor bastard who is saddled with a high-paying job. There are plenty of other angles, but the end result is the taxman isn't getting anything because it ended the game. I guess they missed a story about the goose turning out golden uh, eggs. So this is a good point. I don't know if somebody has the the, the mindset to remember it as a pot gets to that point and stuff, but that, this, is a, this is a really good point here. Yeah, there's so much I like about this post. Uh, one, the, that you cut half of it out because you wanted the show to be uh, you had enough time to talk about your papes experience but two uh, i had to change a couple words so turning was my word thank you for the way. <laughs> uh but um but it, it it's really uh, intelligent thinking about how this affects things uh the first thing i'm going to say is obviously uh dan is a uh, very astute at tax policy right mm-hmm. he knows all the brackets and the percentages and all that the one thing he didn't mention which i always find hilarious when gamblers talk about this is that if the pot isn't fourteen hundred dollars, that you don't owe any taxes on it. Right. The you only don't, difference is you're not getting any paperwork, right. and it's not being right. You're still either. owing it. Still, technically, should be reporting that on your tax receipt. But it's not the pot, though. You're not reporting on the pot. At the no, end of the day, true. when you that's, leave, you still could have lost all that. So right. that's what he's but saying. I'm just trying to make the point to everybody out there that almost no one does it, but we all should. That you know, you should keep good records of your gambling, and even though the tax man doesn't know that you got a pot or you won X amount, uh, you're still technically supposed to be uh, reporting it. So, uh, so if that was happening, then this would be a less of a problem. Now, you're right; we're talking about individual pots here, other than the session. So, um, in the grand scheme of of a poker session, this would be a different story. So, there is something to it now because of that. Um, but I think that's also it. I'd almost argue that you were right, that people aren't astute enough to figure this out, but the fact that the games died after it <laughs> means that people were aware of it. Now, they might not have been aware of the strategies that Dan has come up with, but they obviously were thinking, hey, I don't want to play poker anymore because that was my way of winning money and not having to report anything to the tax. Right. Yeah. Or at least not slowing down the game every time a big pot happens. You could do it five, six times a night, you're playing two five. And that's a real problem. That's the other thing that kind of reminds me of this. this. This story I'm getting ready to say that has nothing to do with taxes, but when they started running um, player designated games here in Florida at our poker room, so you know, we are not allowed to have casino bank card games here, like three card poker that you would have in Vegas, right? Right. But they came up with three-card poker versions here where you're playing against what's called a designated player, a guy who's actually banking the game. Uh, and it could be another player, but more likely it's a company brought in to be that person. And then the casino just takes a rake, right? Mm-hmm. Um, before they got to that point and the evolution of it, uh, to, to replicate a three-card poker game where you'd get those big jackpots, they had to pay it out of the jackpot fund. So... Uh, that means that every hand, no right. matter how much was won, you had to re- they had to report uh, as a jackpot payout, and it was just slow and brutal for people to want to play. But they wanted to play because they couldn't play anywhere else, right? So this is the same thing here. Obviously, if I'm sitting in any game, uh, and, I, and I have not sat in a lot of games, particularly one two games where there are $1,400 pots pretty regularly, so I don't know whether this would really affect me all that much. But if I was not a game that routinely had $1,400 pots and we had to stop every time somebody won and fill out tax uh, paperwork uh i clearly see why that game would dry up no one would want to be there and play a game that slow because think about it, if you're playing like a 10 20 no limit yeah game, right? every pot's gonna be 1400 right? that's what i was gonna say exactly if they, if they somehow said hey let's play 10 20 i mean you could be walking home with a fistful of papers in your hand yeah. you know i mean it's just it's just not right it's just not right you know it's like they don't trust you to do the right thing so they're and it, it would just totally slow the game down you know the government doesn't trust you so now, I would say the other thing, too, to get around what we also – not get around, but uh, to address the concern that, that you mentioned that we're playing, uh, you're being taxed on pots here rather than your overall thing, is if you keep good records, uh, you're ultimately going to offset those winnings with your losses, regardless right. of the fact that you had paperwork sent to them. So 
you know, that's probably a, a smaller deal. It's just, it takes more work. But again, if you're doing this properly, you're keeping good records anyhow. So it's not that big a deal. But, but uh, wait, most people aren't doing that. But so. that's I thought you were only allowed to write off those losses if that's what you do for your well, living. Losses, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. No one does it for a living. Listens to our show. Uh, no, I mean you could still if if you're getting no, I mean if you have if you even if you're not doing it for a living, if you win let's say a million dollar jackpot mm-hmm. in Powerball, right? Uh, you're still going to pay taxes on that, even though you're not a professional lottery player, right? Right. But you will offset that a million by whatever losses you can document. So okay. if you've lost five thousand dollars that year between blackjack and betting horses and poker, you're being taxed on nine hundred ninety, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. Thousand. So yeah, so it would be the same thing here. It would just it, it, it's not quite the same because um, you're probably not going to lose enough. It's not going to be a true representation of your. If, you, if all you're doing is a poker player, it's not going to be a true representation of the amount you won or lost, because you know you're going to have to offset what was reported. But um, at least it, it's not as onerous as it sounds. So that's why my uncle John used to run around and pick up slips on the ground of the the highlight uh, fronton when. Uh, yes. Uh, he was going to write off all those losses that weren't really his losses, but he didn't that's want to write. So yeah, so you've taken the uh, cheating the tax man to a whole new level there. <laughs> Most people just don't report their gambling winnings, so they don't have to pay anything on it. Uh, the next step in that fraud is to pick up tickets from other people and use that to offset. <laughs> but thank you. Hey, we're a very educational show now. <laughs> Find yourself in a situation at your favorite poker room or home game, and you're not sure what the proper ruling should have been. Email us at podcast at annieupmagazine dot com. We'll have Hollywood Casino Toledo director of poker Elliot Schechter tell you how he would have ruled. This week's prize is a setup of J-Design playing cards, the official playing cards of Annie Up Poker Cruises, available at ClassicPlayingCards.com. Comes from Kyle Bailey. In a tournament in a Minnesota casino, there was a raise and one caller preflop. The flop came king high with two clubs. The original raiser bet and the caller mucked. Before the pot was pushed, the raiser triumphantly flips his hand over and throws his cards on the table. Three cards slip face up across the table. The ace of clubs, king of clubs, and eight of diamonds. I'm throwing away the eight of diamonds. <laughs> the floor ruled that the original raiser was able to take his flop bet back, but the caller who had mucked was awarded the pot. The original raiser pleads with the foreman that he saw uh, all he saw was the ace king of clubs and had no idea that there was a third card. It was ruled that the moment it was found out that he had three cards, his hand was dead. Since the caller mucked his hand, and then it was discovered that there were three cards in the original Razor's hand, wouldn't the mucked hand be dead first, thus awarding it to the Razor? How can someone win a pot after they fold their cards to a bet? How can someone win a hand when they held three cards? Elliot says, uh, the situation was ruled correctly. The principle applied here is that no player may receive the fruit of the poison tree. Everyone that's been to law school or has watched all 100 seasons of Law & Order will immediately get the reference. Uh, the player dealt three cards, tried to win the pot with an ineligible hand. By the rules of the game, he was obligated to protect his hand and immediately announced that he had inadvertently received three cards of the deal. That he played the hand and tried to win the pot, knowingly or not, is not relevant. As soon as he put chips in the pot with a fouled hand, he put himself in a spot where he could only lose those chips and never win the pot or any of his opponent's chips. So regardless of when his opponent mocked, the fouled hand is considered mocked first, leaving his opponent holding the last live hand in the pot. Having the correct amount of cards in your hand for the game you're playing is a fundamental rule of poker. To not enforce this rule fairly and firmly would reduce the requirement to have the correct amount of cards to a mere suggestion, most likely rendering the game virtually unplayable. It's not an accident that players caught with extra cards in the Old West are generally treated like the worst kinds of criminals. Yeah, it's pretty obvious the kid didn't know, but it doesn't matter. I mean, he could have been angle shooting or whatever and forgot that he was angle shooting and done it, but it's pretty obvious because if he knew he had three cards, he would have mucked them the way everyone mucks them and you wouldn't have known. So, or he would have spe- said something. Like yeah, exactly. Or he would have said something if he was if Yeah, he was I would have just mocked. I would say, hey, I've got three cards and forced a misty on. Right. But. So, but yeah, that's pretty bizarre. Three cards, you know. I That's never happened to me. That's never happened to me. Like It may have happened in the home game. But it's never happened to me in a, in, a, in a casino. It's happened to me in my dreams. <laughs> I mean, literally, I, I've had dreams where I've 
you know, won a big pot and I got all excited and I looked down and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got three cards. And then it's almost like this, you know, I don't know if I went through a moral dilemma that day and that's why my dream was that because oh, yeah. that's really what it comes down to, right? Yeah. He's now like, what do you do? I'm like, do you say something? And they're like, well, I want to say something, but if I say something, then people are going to hey, why did you wait so long to say something? And then they're not going to believe me when I said I didn't see it, which was probably this guy's problem, right? Right. It, you know, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that he literally didn't see the third card, which is possible. I know it sounds improbable, but it is possible. And then at that point, it was like, hey, you know, I honestly didn't, and no, no one believes me. No one believes me. <laughs> so I was in a dream where I'm like, oh my gosh, no one's going to believe me. Um, uh, so that's, I believe that's the only time it's happened to me. It might have happened in a bar league, you know, where those uh, cards are all sticky and stuff. Like yeah. That. yeah. But, um, I, I also like how they had said that the Old West are generally treated like the worst kinds of criminals. That's code for getting some lead in the back of the head. <laughs> Code. Lots of code in Elliot's answers. I don't think they threw a lot of cheats in the, in the clink back in the old west. I think they settled that in the street. Aces and eights. Hey, we got a brand new O'Malley's move. Here it comes. Hello, and welcome to another O'Malley's move. I'm Malcolm O'Malley. We're down to heads up in that 50-person, $100 buy-in, no-limit hold'em tournament. My opponent started heads up with over a 2-to-1 chip advantage, but we have since chipped away at that lead, and now we're in first chip position. We currently have a 3-to-2 chip advantage, 30 big blinds to 20. We're on the button and post the small blind. He posts the big blind. We look down at the ace of clubs, nine of clubs. This is a good hand heads up, so we raise it to three big blinds. He calls quickly, and we go to a flop. With six big blinds in the pot, it comes down the ace of hearts, seven of hearts, six of hearts. Our opponent shoves for his remaining 17 big blinds. So, we've got top pair. What's the play here? It's time for the advancedpokertrading.com hand of the week. Send your hands or situations to podcast at antiupmagazine.com. If you haven't wanted something from us in the past year, you'll get a free membership to Advanced Poker Training, the world's number one poker training site. Our good from Tom Down Under, Tyrone Keel, is back. And uh, he says, uh, I was playing in a one-cent, two-cent online cash game last night. I wonder if it's Papes. Maybe maybe he's trying to give you chips. <laughs> no, Papes is money. Oh, it's not. I mean, that's not money. That's, this is fake. So let me ask you something. Is this a hand or is it a situation? Because I, I need to get my trusty reporter's notebook uh, out. If it's... This appears to be a hand. All right, I got my reporter's uh, well, notebook. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say situation on my, on my show notes. So I'm All right. pretty good at, at identifying the difference. And we're playing high-stakes poker here. Yes, one cent, two cent, online. Um, and he says, I've been playing at this table for about 20 minutes or so. I plot in for the uh, maximum $2. Wow, can you imagine that? Wow, two bucks. Two bucks. Yeah, uh, how much can I buy more? Oh, hey, I'm going to play the maximum and just make it rain with $2. <laughs> uh, uh, I came in on the big blind. Stack sizes range from $1 all the way up to the big stack at the table who had over $11. Whoa. Play had been uh, tight on this first rotation, mostly three X raises and one collar to C-bet on the flop. Now the situation starts uh, when a few hands later I'm again in the big blind. I had lost a pot a few hands ago with a seven of hearts so I was down somewhat of my initial buy-in to $1.60. Uh, one limper and small blind calls and I have pocket tens an easy 3x raise and the limper calls with a small blind fold and flop is 10 high. I see bet my trip tens and the limper folds. This is all backstory by the way. Thank you. Because I, I can't understand what you're saying so Next hand in the small blind, I've dealt ace-queen with uh, off with one limper, and I call to see the flop. Flop comes ace-ace-eight. There's a big blind checks. Limper goes all in. I've got him covered, so I push him over the top. Big blind folds, and limper shows ace-nine, and I felt the guy. All right. I think we're almost to the hand here. All right. Now I'm on the button, and I've cashed up a bit, and I'm sitting at $4.24, riding a bit of a high, and I thought about folding my button and leaving the table, but decided to stay instead. So we go to the hand of the week. Yes, we made it. We're at the hand of the week. Yay. All right, under the gun makes it 3x to 6 cents. Mid-position player uh, takes about 15 seconds or so before raising it to 18 cents. It's folded around to me on the button, and I have two red queens. We're on the button? We're on the button. Okay. Oh, in my vast experience in high-stakes poker like this, <laughs> which I now have because of the Oscars, 
Um, geez. Did he say how much the middle position player had, by the way? Uh, no. no. Um, yeah. We're all relatively around 3 or $4 probably, though, or something like that, between 1 and 3 or something like well, that. Well, uh, two hands earlier, some had over 11, so. All right. Um, sometimes I just call in this situation, see what this person would do after the flop, and I'm, on, I'm in position, so I don't necessarily re-raise. This is... You're looking at an under-the-gun razor and then a middle position razor. Now, I realize it's one cent, two cent, but it doesn't necessarily mean they're playing poorly. It just means that we're not playing for a lot of money. Um, I don't know. I I tend to I tend to want to re-raise again. Only two hands beat us at this point. But when you got an under-the-gun razor and another guy re-raising three times that, generally this person has a pair. And if they're doing it to an under-the-gun player... They're not going to be set mining. They've got a pretty big pair, uh, or ace king. That's the thing. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call. I'm gonna mix up a little bit. I'm just gonna call and see what happens. I'm not gonna make it like 54 cents to go and and then see what happens. I'm gonna try calling because if, if I was playing this is real money, so I made it six. I made 18. I don't know if I'm putting 54 bucks of my 200 in there with queen queen on a raise and re-raise. So I'm gonna try to be realistic here and just call and see a flop. All right, here's the reason I like calling here is that usually the third raise is aces, right? That's mm-hmm. kind of the the uh, the old wives' tale, I guess. That's the this TJ Cloutier uh, rule, right? Right. So, uh, but it, it does play out fairly regularly that that is the case. So, um, so the case for us to raise is now people think that we have the aces, but. I don't think we're going to get made to fold, so I'd rather find out how strong everybody else has. So I think if we call here, now it's going to get back to the other gun raiser, assuming there's not any, you know, um, funny business before between us right. and the blinds before right. he gets there, right? Right. And that person's going to have to make a decision now, right? Because he got 3x raise on his 3x raise. So if he raises, and then the middle position player raises again, I have to think that my queens are not good, right? Yeah, that's a good point. That I'm up against aces or kings or both, and that's trouble. And then I can get out of here for 18 cents, right? Yep. If I raise now, if we get raised and re-raise, then I also got to think the same thing, and now I've just cost myself more money, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I raise here and uh, we just get two callers, now I'm still not sure what I'm going to have. Um, or I could get the one caller and then the middle position player that was the second raise could raise again. So um, I think I'm going to get more information on this hand by calling and seeing what happens between these two players before it gets back to me. No, that's a good point. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, here it says a 3x bet and a 3x raise pre-flop. I'm not going to get crazy here and raise, but then again, I'm certainly not going to fold my pocket queen, so I simply call the 16 cents. Uh, small blind folds and the big blind calls. Oh boy! Uh, and the under the gun uh, original better folds, and we are three handed going to the flop. Jeez. Hmm. Well, a bunch of stuff happened there. I wasn't expecting. Wow. <laughs> I wasn't expecting the big blind to come in. Uh, not that I really was shocked by the other gun folding, but uh, we, now now we are stuck with having to guess a little bit. We did, I guess what I'm saying is we didn't get as much information on the middle position razor that I wanted. Yeah, I mean it would have been tough for the under the gun to to go on uh, another bet there, you know, higher. A call doesn't really help us, so it would have right. been it would have been that person has to specifically have aces or kings there to do right. that. So the middle position wouldn't have mattered at that point. If the under gun raises, I'm out of there anyway. So. All right, three-handed going to the flop. Uh, big blind is the big stack with over eleven dollars. Well, the middle position player has about five or so, so he has his covered as well. They all have his covered, so, yeah. yeah. Okay. Pot is sixty cents, and the flop comes king of spades, five of spades, six of spades. Big blind checks, and the other player bets forty-five cents. We have the queen of spades. We have two red queens. Yeah, I'm out. It only cost me 18 cents. See that flop is an overcard. If you were playing in a hand game and you had pocket kings and an ace came and you bet, or someone bet into you and they were the one who raised pre-flop, you might call if it's a reasonable bet, but generally you're running. 
So there's really no difference here, and you've got another guy in the hand, and there's three spades and we don't have any. I'm done. I'm out. Yep. Yeah, there's just not a lot for me to like here. I mean, obviously, there's an overcard. It's very likely somebody has a king, so has his beat. Um, our best chance of winning this is that no one has spades, and we try to represent that. But if we, what, how do we represent that? We're not going to raise here, right? Because that's not going to look like we have the spades. So we're going to have to call, which means now we're going to have to raise the bet on the turn to win, correct? Well, the other thing, I know I, I'm just... Now not, we're getting really expensive on a block where we have really no chance of winning now. And it's right. And if you hit a queen, it's probably going to be the queen of spades. There's only two queens out that help you while they're out, and one of them hurts you because four spades... It's going to almost certainly make those four cards a flush. So, yeah, I mean, you're you're really just in a lot of trouble here. You basically are just trying to bluff your way out of this now, and I don't like that against two people. So, I'm I mean, that's what I was saying. Is even if you're bluffing, if you, I mean, I, I mad props to people that can bluff here, but I'm like, how do you bluff here? That's what I'm saying. Is if you raise here, is somebody going to believe that you had the spades and you're raising when you called a 18 cent raise preflop with baby spades? Which is really the only kind of spades that you're going to be raising with here, right? If you have the ace of spades, I don't see why you would raise here. No, I mean, so that means if you're going to run our proper bluff here, it means you're going to have to call the 60 cents now and then wait for the guy to either check or probably bet out on the turn and then raise him again. Raise him at that point. At that point, you're, you're getting pot committed here on the bluff. That's no fun. Yeah. There's real no way of, of successfully running this bluff here, I don't think. Um, plus, you throw in the fact that there are two people in the hand. Your bluff has a better chance of winning if there's only one person. Now you've got somebody in there that could have a spade or has two spades or has two kings, and they're not going anywhere. Yeah. So I think you probably got maybe a 4% chance of winning this hand with a bluff. <laughs> I'll be pulling that number out of nowhere. Exactly. <laughs> Hashtag alternate effects. Uh, all right, our hero says, ouch, this flop hurts. I'm behind a few hands here, uh, of which involve a flush of some kind. It is likely that one or both players might have hit the king as well. Even though I'm fairly certain I'm behind here, in the moment, my gut is urging me to take take a chance. And so I then called 45 cents. Uh, do you have the receipt on your gut? Because I would return it. Yeah. <laughs> take it back. Where you got... <laughs> It's in the guts playing with other people's money here. Specifically <laughs> yours. I would love to see his witness here. So, but yeah, so I mean, it's not my money, Tyrone. So yeah, absolutely. Call. Call all day long. Let's see how this happens. Hopefully you didn't damage your gut and you can return it for a full price refund because that that is not a good gut to listen to right now. You even said yourself, the both guys may have been a king and they may have spades, but I'm going to call with no chance of winning this as a flush. Don't do it. All right, well, let's see what happens. I'm intrigued now. Um, all right, the big blind also calls 45 cents, and with the pot at $1.95, we see a turn of the... Go ahead and guess it, Chris. Go ahead. Uh, the queen of spades? Yes, the queen of spades. <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> so the board is king of spades, five of spades, six of spades, queen of spades. Some people might be celebrating. I am not, but... Um, big blind checks again, and the middle position player bets 90 cents now. Wow. See, here's the deal. Now you've got, if he's got the flush, you've got 10 outs. If he's got a set of kings, you've got 10 outs. Oh, he's got a set of kings because we have one out, right? Uh, we have no outs. Yeah, we have one out. I'm sorry. That's what I meant to say. One out. We have one out. So, uh, yeah, this is not. And let, let's just, you know, I know people get freaked out about the monsters on the bet, but let's let's acknowledge that pocket kings is a very real possibility. Yes, yes. That, that and the other thing too is, if the guy had like ace of spades, king of hearts, and he was betting it before to protect his against the spades, but he also was betting it because he got top pair and he's got uh, not protect. Now he's got the nut flush draw on top of it. He's free betting. He's got. He figures he can't lose no matter what because if spade comes, he's gonna have the nuts. Um, the only thing he's losing to there are sets, so or two pair, which is unlikely given the the action. So. Wow, this is scary. Because even if we bowed up, like you said, one of those guys could have a set of kings. Although it does seem like the big blind, 
if he had a set of kings, would have raised yeah, again. Yeah, it's not the big blind. So. I'd be shocked if the big blind had a set of kings. But yeah. I would not be shocked in the least if the uh, initial re-raiser had pocket kings. So. Yeah. The only hand that we're looking good against is ace-king with the ace of spades. And that's why he bet it the way he did, and that's why he's betting it now to, to protect against. I mean, he's got the flush draw, but if the flush doesn't the get flush there. Already. Yeah, I mean, he's got the flush. Yeah, so we're screwed. That's right. We're screwed. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm thinking of a. Yeah. No, I mean, there's. there's I'm still looking at the flop. I wasn't thinking of well, the tournament. I'm just thinking of a naked ace king is probably the best we can hope yeah, for. Yeah, that's now. it. And just uh, somebody's just so ballsy that doesn't care about the spades on board and hopes that we're all going to drop. And the only hand. After the, on the flop, none of us dropped, so. Right. And if he's got the ace of spades and the king of hearts, then we can still beat him with the boat. But see, it's one or the other. It's it's a very tough thing to do. If he's got the flush, we can beat him. If he's got the set, we have one out. Ugh. And he bet so confident with four spades. I mean, didn't he think the other two were sticking around for the spades? So he doesn't seem to be worried about the spades. Maybe we do call thinking that we have ten outs to win because if he had three kings, why would he bet now with a fourth spade falling? He'd be checking and hoping that somebody bets a reasonable amount and he can fill up. Hmm. Interesting dilemma now. Yeah, you're right, because if you had a set of kings there, I mean, I think you might want to be worried here. Yeah, he wouldn't bet 90 into that. He'd check and hope they bet, like, 30. Hmm. Oh, well, now we're in it, and it's his money. (laughs) That makes it more likely, in my mind, that he has ace-king with the ace of spades. Ace of spades, maybe, yeah. And he's been betting the whole way, so I mean, why slow down now that he got his flush? I mean, he's either going to get action, or he's not going to get action, right? I mean, there's no catching up now. I mean, unless and if anybody catches up, that means they've passed him. <laughs> so he doesn't want that, right? Right. So I mean, ninety cents is a completely logical bet to make here with the ace of spades, king of hearts, or whatever. The other worrisome thing to me is he makes it 90, we call, and now the big blind made his flush. That he had two. was waiting for the flush, right? Yeah. So. Now he goes all in, and now I'm playing all this, paying all this money to try to hit 10 outs. That may or may not even be good. Right. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And it's still not even the nuts. If it, oh, yeah, cause, this is the problem with being in the middle of, of two players in hand. Yeah. Now we got to figure out what everybody else has. So, I, I, you know, again, I'm in the same way. I, we're in so much trouble. We were in so much trouble. It's only getting worse now, even though our hands improved. Our situation has gotten worse, I think. <sighs> so let's just get out of this and cut our losses. And if somebody show turns over no spades and wins his king, pair of kings, then, you know, ugh, it'll suck. But it does go back to what I was saying earlier, too. It's going to suck less than being felted when we know that there's so much trouble. Right? When you're playing these crappy limits, anything could be out there. Any That's hand could be out there, too. That's true. You yeah. know? Ugh. All right, well, it's his money. Let's call. <laughs> all right uh Tyron says double ouch hitting one of my outs but now making almost 99 percent certain that someone now has a flush my gut feeling is that the 90 cent 90 cent bet is a value bet here and yet for some bizarre reason i can't help but make the call anyway all right woohoo and celebrating just because of the train wreck yes yes not because of <laughs> yeah uh big blind joins me in calling now we have a pot of four dollars and sixty-five cents. So put this in, res- in perspective: if we are playing a one-two-no limit game in a casino, this pot's now four hundred sixty-five dollars. Yeah. And also put in perspective that it would need to be more than three times of that before the, the tax man would trigger it in Shelbyville, Indiana. <laughs> All the more reason not to worry about that there. But, yeah. Uh, but everybody thinks it's going to be a millionaire, so whatever. Uh, all right, uh, river comes. The six of hearts. So the final board is king of spades, five of spades, six of spades, queen of spades, six of hearts. So we have boated up, but the big blind now decides to wake up and bets five dollars in the pot, uh, which would be all in for both of the remaining players, including us. The middle position player calls quickly, and I'm last to act. No, I call. I mean, there's no way I got. First of all, I have queens full. If I believe the under the gun or the button had kings full, then that is a weird story to tell. That whole way he would have tried to protect those kings earlier or re re raise earlier, and that we always said that third raise is aces or kings. So yeah. he didn't do that. So I don't believe him. He may have fives full or six or you no know, fives full or maybe maybe quad sixes, but I doubt it. He would have bet those sixes to those protect are two those most too. Likely hand. Yeah. So. I think we're good uh, against at least 
one of them. I think the Ace of Spades guy is the like we called it is the the guy who raised yeah, eighteen I think earlier. Just, he's probably just a crying call, or he didn't realize the board just paired. Right? Yeah, exactly. And because he, he would have been all in, he didn't have the option of raising. So the fact that he quickly called doesn't really say much to us, other than that, that was the only option he had besides folding. Plus, there's almost fifteen in a pot, and you got to call what, what we have left—a dollar, two dollars, maybe if we're yeah, lucky. Yeah. So yeah, we're getting like seven, eight to one, nine to one, even more than that. It could be fifteen to one on our money. We could have one dollar. So it just got so much more interesting, didn't it? Yeah, I'm definitely not folding. All right, uh, let's see. Uh, it says, can I believe that my donkey calls of the flop and turn have paid off here on the river? What a beautiful time to make a full house. I quickly make the call. This does not sound any good. <laughs> it does not sound good. I don't get it. <laughs> Very quickly, however, I'm left staring at empty space where my cash used to be as the big blind show the king of clubs, king of hearts for oh, a fire wow. full house. Middle position players, and I lose quite a sizable pot. Oh, please check the hand history. Let me know what he has. Oh, hell, hey, he did. Oh, I was just joking there. I uh, checked the hand history to see if the middle bishop's player had the ace of spades, king of diamonds. Yeah. So what do we think of both opponents' players? Well, it's good that we <laughs> narrowed down and correctly guessed uh, the middle position player. But, man, we were way wrong on the other guy having pocket kings. And it was the case king, too, that came in the flop, and he didn't do anything to protect that hand at all. And then when he realized he didn't, he just called along hoping to make the top boat. All right, so here's what's interesting is if you go back to our discussion pre-flop about what we should do with our queens there, right? My, right. my suggestion was to call because we wanted to see what happened with the other two players because we were worried that might be aces out there. We were also worried kings might be out there, but we were also worried aces might be out there, right? Uh-huh. So I don't know whether that advice really changes for the big blind. So I don't know if the big blind really played it incorrectly pre-flop because he probably wanted to see whether those fireworks happen and whether it's more likely he is up against aces or not, and it turned out that no one raised. So at that point, he felt more confident, I would think, I would argue, right? Right. Well, I shouldn't say that, uh, because we still don't know what the middle of the shit players because the other gun player got out. But, so then on the flop, he's at, here's a, he's at a tough spot because when you donk bet, right? It's always an interesting bet, and people have to wonder what you have here. So, you know, are, are people putting you on spades when you do that? And then, if they do, it's because you have to have baby spades, and that doesn't make sense. So it's kind of interesting because you almost are playing your hand face up at that point, right? Because you don't want to baby spades, which doesn't make sense, and you're betting into the Two players behind you, including one that re-raised an under-the-gun razor preflop. You have to have at least a set at that point, or balls of steel, don't you? I think so. Yeah, I think so. So at that point, you've kind of killed the action, but I mean, so that's the dilemma you're in now. Do you want to kill the action, win the pot now, and not let that that random spade catch up to you? And there's a case to be made for that. Or do you want to be, you know? "Quote unquote slow play," which I don't think that defines it's the definition of slow play here, because you're making a strategic reason to check here rather than just letting people catch up, and you know, hope that no one has spades, or hopes that you eventually bowed up and then you've picked up all this money. Which, in hindsight, it worked out beautifully, right? You got everybody all in and won the pot. Had to hit it on the river though to do it. He was, I mean, he's head on the flop and dead on the turn. But on the turn, he closed off the betting, right? So you don't have to be worried right. about getting re-raised. Original right? being re-raised, right? You know, he let the original raiser set the price, and then he decided it was worth it. Which I don't know. I need to go back to the math on whether it was was or not. Probably was because we had us in there too, right? So right. at that point, he had to know if we voted up, uh, he won. If he quoted up, he won. Where we were in a weaker position because <clears throat> if it voted up, which it did. Uh, then we couldn't be confident we we won, which is exactly what happened, right? So he was in a much better spot than we were in being able to fade that that risk. So, hmm. I just don't understand why the big blind didn't just make it another bet pre-flop because he's going to be out of position the rest of the hand. If he's up against well, aces, exactly he's up against right, aces. Right? Yeah, I just, I don't know. If you're up against aces, you're up against aces. I, I'm not going to criticize him too hard about that. I, 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 there's probably, if we did an instant online poll, like the Twitter uh, on the red carpet, if you would have watched that before the uh, <laughs> Oscars. Yeah. 
Uh, I would probably say our listeners would probably be 75, 25 that he should have raced pre-flop. And that's fine. But I do think it, it, it's not all that different than the scenario that we just talked about with our queens. So, um, I don't it's not the most outlandish decision I've ever seen. Yeah. In fact, I could defend it if I really had to, because I am defending it right now. But um, and then the flop stuff, because that's the problem when you're out of position with kings. Now, now, now you've taken control of the hand. Now you've got to control the action, right? Uh-huh. Now it would have worked out great because we flopped our king, even though we had three spades there, and I would have been confident betting that at that point. But you can't be confident that's going to happen. Well, yeah. The other thing too is you're playing online, so. Depending on how long you took to make your decisions, that king, that flop might not even come. You know? <laughs> and then the turn may not have come, and the river may not have come. You know, what I mean, it's online; it's not regular poker, so you don't know what would have happened had you just re-raised the pre-flop. You know what I mean? Who knows what would have come on that flop? So, different things happen for different reasons on these on these poker hands. So, I just, I would have, I would have still raised. I would have raised, and then if like that flop came and I flopped my set, I would have shoved after the flop. And taken down what I did, or had the guy call, and then made my boat, and still gotten the same. And it moment. probably wouldn't have changed anything for him, other than he would have lost us. So, I mean, that raise actually cost him money if you're going to be result oriented this hand. Right? Yeah, yeah. If he raised there and then got back to us, I don't know what we would have done there, but we clearly would have folded on the flop. I think, right? Regardless, right. right. And then we would have been out, and he wouldn't got all our money because the ace. Of- the ace king guy is probably not going anywhere on that raise pre-flop, and then when he flops three spades with a king, he's probably not going anywhere either. So that guy's in no matter what, I think. Yep. But it's possible that we would have got out at some point, whether it would have been pre-flop, unlikely, but possible. But certainly on the flop, we would have got out at that point, I think. All right. So, who knows? Very good. It's not a short show, by the way. Just let you know, it was a good, perfect, <laughs> perfect length. I'm Chris Casenza. And I'm Scott Long. We'll see you at the table. Anti-Up is a production of antiupmagazine.com. Contact the show at podcast at antiupmagazine.com or call our hotline at 206-338-6344. If you'd like to advertise, send an email to advertising at antiupmagazine.com or call 727-331-4335. Some music used in this episode comes courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.